Welcome to Torah from Temple of Aaron in St. Paul, Minnesota. Here is the place to hear much of the great sermons, teachings, and speakers happening each week at our synagogue. Whether you are able to make it in person or not, each week you will find new Jewish content to inspire, motivate, and bring meaning to you wherever you find yourself. I hope you enjoy the teaching and feel free to contact us anytime about it by calling us at 651-252-6411 or emailing us at Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein at templeofaron.org. Enjoy and we hope to see you soon. So I've seen lately a relatively problematic ideology springing up all around our world. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's, its charm lies in that it makes a little bit of sense, um, but it's actually very dangerous. Um, where we see it, I see it all the time, is obviously in the uh, Palestinian-Israeli conflict here. Um, so many people are constantly saying now, well, the terrorists are freedom fighters. They're fighting for the cause to liberate their land. So therefore, they're going to do whatever possible, because they're so committed to their cause, they're going to do whatever possible in order to free their lands. That might mean killing men, women, and child, but you know what? It's for a good cause, so uh, liberate the land. And more and more we're finding that people are saying, true, it's for a good cause, okay. But we see this in other areas as well. We see it in the way our politicians talk to each other. Our behavior doesn't matter in how we talk to each other because in the end, it doesn't matter who I insult, who I hurt, if we get to the goal of whatever policy I'm trying to chase, it doesn't matter who has fallen on the way. Actually, it results, it shows how true my cause is of what I'm willing to do for it. Um, one time I even saw um, lately someone was arguing that um, there was a, a, a target um, up in uh, 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 uptown, that's closing uh, in Uptown Minneapolis. I think that's a neighborhood in Minneapolis, right? In uptown Minneapolis, yep. And the Target's closing, and um, when they asked why the Target's closing is because um, theft is so bad that they're stealing all the stuff out of the Target and they can't be there anymore. And many people responded, I saw people responding to this, who said, well, you should have compassion for the poor people. That's why, and that's why they're stealing to support their families. And someone finally said back to them, well, are they stealing bread or are they stealing Xboxes, right? <laughs> they said, they're stealing Xboxes. And they said, and they said well, what are they, how are they, they're feeding their family with Xboxes? Well, don't worry, they're selling the Xboxes so they can buy food for their family. So really targets the evil corporation because they should, you know, just allow their stuff to get stolen and uh, they just don't have enough compassion for the poor people. And, of course, this is absolutely ridiculous, and maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit to make a point here, um, but I think the claim behind that is something important, right? We all agree. It, it, it's really, we should have compassion on those who are poor and those who are in need, and, and they should be fed, and we should make sure that they're taken care of. It should be our top priority in society is to take care of those who live under the margins of our society. But, of course, that doesn't mean that all of our other values are thrown out the window for the sake of that one value. Yet more and more and more in modernity, we keep saying this one particular value, everything else is worth throwing out except this one particular value. And I'm going to argue today that Judaism stands against this in all respects. Judaism paints a much more complicated picture of what our values should be in the world. 
And it doesn't just paint with this broad brush saying, this one particular value is what is most important. And that's proven and taught in our Parsha this week. Our Parsha this week, Achrei Mot Kedoshim. And specifically, I want to focus on Kedoshim, because I feel like this line, it's so important. It's the heart. It's the essence of the Torah. And that line, it becomes in the beginning of chapter 19 in Leviticus, right? You shall be holy, for I am holy. Right? You shall be holy, for I am holy. That the essence, the goal, in some ways of Judaism, is to be holy. But the question, of course, is how to be holy. And there's a great machloket, there's a great controversy within our sages of how to become holy. How to be holy. And it all is flushed, it's all dressed in this discussion of what is this mitzvah, what does this verse actually really mean? What does it mean that you should be holy? Of course, the Torah doesn't give a mitzvah without giving a practical way to actually do that mitzvah. And Nachmanides famously argues, one of the great sages in medieval times, argues that being holy is a commandment that's actually beyond the commandments. It's beyond any particular commandment. Rather, it's a state of being in general that we're trying to get to. He argues that even if you observe all the mitzvot in the Torah, you can be a naval reshut ha-Torah, right? Which means you can be a fool or a sinner or a transgressor or basically a terrible person who fulfills all of the mitzvot of the Torah. And that's why the mitzvah of being holy is there, according to the Ramban, because we actually need to have a goal in mind of what these mitzvot are taking us to. Right? It's not just about putting on tefillin and putting on uh, Shabbat and lighting Shabbat candles and even telling the truth and not lying and staying true to one's partner and all this good stuff. Right? Even if you fulfill all those things, you could still be a terrible person. I saw this uh, right in front of me when I lived back in Middletown. I lived 25 minutes from an ultra-Orthodox enclave, one of the strongest ultra-Orthodox enclaves maybe in, in the United States of America, called Kiryas Joel. And you might think those people, they literally shuddered over doing the mitzvah. It was so important to them. Every individual mitzvah, it was inspiring. But on the other hand, that didn't stop them from pushing each other in the grocery store, from shouting at each other, from doing terrible things. And that's a great example of being a Naval Bereshut Torah. You fulfilled all the mitzvot, you're Shomer Shabbat, you do all the things, but are you a good person? Are you holy? And that's why Nachmanides says this particular mitzvah is here. That you can't just do the mitzvah, you have to have a goal in mind, right? And this is like saying, you know, if you have a machine, and a machine is built of thousands of different parts, Right? And you say, and the, the machine gets delivered in its box, and you get all the parts, and you have to build it together. Right? But there's no instruction manual. And actually, you don't even know what you're trying to build. You just see all these bunch of parts in front of you, and you don't even know the machine that you're trying to build, or what the point of what you're trying to do with that machine. Are those parts going to be very useful? No. But the parts are all there. You got all the parts. But if you don't know what to do with the parts, if you don't know how they work together and what function that machine is supposed to play, there's actually no point to the parts, right? And same thing with this. As a Jew, we have to know what kind of person we want to be in the world, what our goals are, and that's to be a nation and a people of holiness that clings unto their God. And that's one step beyond just doing the individual mitzvah, rather, that's even beyond that, that those mitzvot should lead us to becoming actually a holy person in this world. 
But I'm going to argue today that that alone is not enough. Against the Ramban, against Nachmanides, is the 15th century commentator, the Or Chaim, Rabbi Chaim Ibn Attar, great Moroccan rabbi. And he argues against the Ramban, in disagreement with the Ramban, that actually it's not the case. That what it means to be holy according to this mitzvah is to do all the mitzvah. And that if you do all the mitzvot, the mitzvot make you holy. Right? So by doing them, you become holy. Right? And what's the point of that verse according to Orachayim? Orachayim says the point of that verse is to give extra weight to the mitzvot. That the, the mitzvot, we don't just do the mitzvot in order to uh, just because God says so, and if we don't do that, God's going to hurt us somehow, right? Um, but we do the mitzvot because they'll actually make us holy, right? To actually tell us that there's, there's a product of doing these, these mitzvot that they actually make us holy, right? And what does that say to us today? I think what the Orachayim is saying to us is, the exact, is against the exact argument that others might make, right? That all that matters is the goal of where you're trying to get to. Why does it matter how you get there? Doesn't matter. All that matters is trying to achieve the goal. So you can say easily when you're listening to the Ramban, you can say, well, if the goal is to be holy, if I found another way to get be holy, right, why do I have to do the mitzvot? And the Orachayim says, no, it's impossible to be holy without the mitzvah. It's impossible to be holy unless every individual action you do is holy as well. This is actually debated in the Talmud, in the famous sugiya in the Gemara, a famous discussion in the Talmud of whether you can use a stolen lulav to fulfill the mitzvah of shaking the lulav. Right? The lulav is stolen. It's not your property. Right? But you take it, and now maybe you could say it's yours. Finders, finders keepers, losers weepers. Right? You took it. So can you fulfill the mitzvah of lulav with it? And the answer is resoundingly no. You cannot do a mitzvah with stolen goods. Right? Now, it might seem simple to you. That makes sense. Why would you be able to do a mitzvah with stolen goods? Well, if you have the lulav, you shake it, you fulfill the mitzvah seemingly of shaking the lulav on Sukkot. But something about that mitzvah itself becomes completely invalidated if you're, if you're violating other mitzvot through that mitzvah. Rather, each and every mitzvot are in relationship with other mitzvot. Every action we do is not about the one particular goal or one particular value we're trying to achieve, which in that case was shaking the lulav. Right? But rather, it's shaking the lulav and being a righteous person in the world. Not lying, not cheating, not stealing. Lighting Shabbat candles, being kosher. All of those things come together to create a whole entire picture of holiness. And it's so easy to say, to step away from that and say, really what matters is being holy. So I'm going to get rid of these mitzvot. But the Urachaim stands in our way saying, that's not the case. You need both. You need both the goal that you're trying to get to, and that needs to, be, that needs to be there, and also the steps along the way also have to be holy and righteous. The Torah is constantly about balancing all different kinds of values, and the harmony of all of these different values that are illustrated through the mitzvot create this whole entire picture, this beautiful mosaic of what it means to be a holy person in the world. And the Torah helps us to negotiate those sometimes seemingly, uh, sometimes opposing or conflicting values into one whole picture. And that's why the arguments of those say that, hey, the poor person is feeding their family, you should have more compassion on, is, is 
the Torah is resoundingly against that logic. Not because you shouldn't have compassion for the poor person. The right goal was in there. It really does matter to be compassionate to poor people and to execute justice with compassion. But we don't throw out all of the other mitzvot for one mitzvah. We don't throw out the mitzvot, all of the mitzvot for our end goal. But on the other hand, if all we have is the mitzvot and we don't have the end goal of who we want to be at the end, then the mitzvot are absolutely useless. Okay? It's just, we're just doing things by rote. It's not actually transforming us and changing us to be better people. So as individual Jews living in this world, in order to be holy, in order to resolve the conflict between the Urachayim and the Ranban, what it really means to be holy is to both keep in mind the goal in which we're trying to get to, whether it's as a society, as a country, as an individual, as a community, but also make sure that the individual steps along that journey are righteous. That even though that makes it a complicated picture, it's easy to get rid of the steps along the way and just say all that matters is the goal. It's impossible to become a holy person by doing that way. And we as, a Jew have to, as Jews have to rail against that type of thinking. Either the thinking that says that all that matters is if you do a bunch of correct individual actions, then you'll be a good person, or the thinking of all that matters is the goal in the end. Both of those ways of thinking are short-sighted. And our Jewish tradition tells us that the goal is important and every step along the way is important and essential factors into making us holy people in the world. Shabbat shalom, everybody.